Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 1st, 2018, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 10, the last paragraph. Our readers are uh, Mary Jane Z on the 12 Steps, Kathy G. on the 12 Traditions, reading the text are Christy G., Leah S., S., and Kathleen O. The reference number for the 7 a.m. meaning this morning is 10,859, and the reference number for yesterday's special edition on December 31st is 10,858. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Jane Z to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Mary Jane Z in Kentucky, a grateful recovered overeater. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory 
and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Mary Jane C. And Kathy G., would you please read our 12 traditions? You know, I don't remember Kathy checking in with us this morning. Um, Kathleen O. Kathy G. Oh, you're there. Great. Go ahead, please. I am here. I I apologize. I'm so sorry with the holiday. I was talking to my husband and forgot it was Monday. So the 12 traditions. Sorry, I'm just pulling it up. Okay, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting others, groups, or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much. Sorry again. I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 10, the last paragraph, which begins with ministers and the world's religions, and we will read three full paragraphs, ending, they certainly had me. And I will now ask Chrissy G. to get us started. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, Happy New Year. Um, Okay, so with ministers and the world's religions, I parted right there. When they talked of a God personal to me, who was love, superhuman strength, and direction, I became irritated, and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. To Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him, his moral teaching most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and chicanery that religious dispute had facilitated made me sick. I honestly doubted doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. Judging from what I had seen in Europe and since, the power of God in human affairs was negligible. The brotherhood of man a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he certainly had me. Oh, that it, that is um, a big block for a lot of us who come in here and are told that we're about our disease and, and we, we find out the truth about the hopelessness of addiction and how the only thing that helped the people before us that worked these steps and sought the, uh, to tap into a higher power, that's the only thing that helped them restore them to sanity and help them to resist the compulsion to go on hurting themselves with whatever addictive substance you know for me it was food for me it was control of um of food and the only thing that helped me was to get unblocked from this this um these all of these small-minded all this small thinking you know if there's a god why is there war if there's a god um, why doesn't he just help me? Why do I, why do I have to do anything? Why do I have to do the work to do these steps to tap into a higher power to get the relief if there's a God? And I still don't have the question, the answers to all those questions, but I do know that I've I've done what this book has said and and just put my doubts to the side you know, to suspend this belief for the time being because what is what was my choice really anyway? You know, either I could go on living the way I, I was living, which wasn't living at all. It was it was um torture, or I could say there is a power that I could tap into and access. And if there if there is a power and you're telling me this is how these are the steps. I mean, it's as simple as can be. These are the steps. There is a power. You need it. And these are the steps to get there. I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't be more plain. And, and whatever blocks you have, you know, right in the story, 
Bill is 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 expressing his blocks. And if you can identify with this, then open your mind and listen to the rest of the readings and the rest of the shares this morning because many of us had these same blocks and all I can say is I didn't need I didn't need to be convinced before I started working this program. I needed to just be willing to believe and to suspend my disbelief and all of all of the voices in my head that had the argument against there being a higher power that cared about me and that would help lift me from this scrap heap of this disease. And with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy G. So who would like to share on these three paragraphs? Gina Ginger R. C. Gina R. Ginger C. Anita J. Anita J. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Roz G. Roz G. And I heard someone behind Jerry that. KB. It was Reggie O. Martha, Harry K. B. Reggie O. and Lori Laura W. Is that it? Martha S. I said. Oh, there wasn't. And Laura. Okay, Martha S. Okay, here's what I have. I have Ginger Gina R. Ginger C. Anita J. Kathleen O. Roz G. Sherry K. B. Reggie O. and Martha S. Okay. Uh, please go ahead, Gina. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Thank you so much for your service. And hello, everybody on the line. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. And just really want to reach out to the newcomer or the people who might be on this line like me, who I, I listened, but I held you all in contempt and that's where um, what I'm identifying with here with Bill, the, the contempt that he is um, allowing to come forth is just dripping. Um, he talks about when they talked of a God personal to me who was love, superhuman strength and direction, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. So I totally identify with him there, but where I'm different than him is in that next paragraph. He says, to Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. He really wasn't um, fully following. And I think I might be in the camp that was more of a follower of that particular um, branch of a faith and belief system. But what happened for me in this process of the steps was understanding that um, there, there's a saying, the God of this age has blinded the mind of the unbeliever. And I always saw that as people who just didn't believe basically like I did. I had no idea that even inside my own belief system, I had been blinded. And I was an unwitting partner with the enemy of the God who was wanting to be there for me. And I was um, engaging in behaviors, um, certainly with the food that kept me blocked from that reality for me. And it is a reality for me today. 
my God is love, superhuman strength, and gives me direction. Um, I, I wished I knew the exact day where that veil was lifted, um, where that blindfold that had been um, given to me, and I think it was put on me, and I also, I kept it on. I did certain things to keep it on. Um, I, I don't know exactly how all that worked or the day that it happened, but one day I woke up and I realized that the promises that are outlined in this book were manifesting in my life. And I wasn't consumed with thinking about food or um, wondering how I was going to hide it from whoever I was um, around that day. Um, I know my timer is done, but I'm so glad that this program is here to help take that blindfold off and give us the option to fully concede to our innermost selves that we can connect to a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Ginger C., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. Ginger C., recovered compulsive over here in Colorado. And I love um, page 11. It says, for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. And that is absolutely why I spun my wheels in this program called OA. I was going to have my cake and eat it too, and I was not going to do as you told me. I was going to figure it out. And, of course, I got nil zero results because I was not willing to follow directions. Um, I still had to have my hand on the wheel. And in the forward to the first edition, it says to show other alcoholics precisely, that means exactly how we have recovered, is the main purpose of this book. So if you want what those first 100 have, you do what they do, did. And um, again, this is just so simple. I'm always the one complicating it and making it difficult. All I have to do, first and foremost, even before I think beginning uh, to put down that food is to surrender. I have to be out of ideas. And you know what? If you're on the line, why are you on the line? You know, if you, I didn't come here because I was happy, joyous, and free. I came here because I was dying from food. So if your life is working so well, why are you listening? Why are you here with us? And I hope you're surrendered and you're out of ideas because until you are, God can't come in. And that's where we lack, we need this power. I have to have God completely in order to have uh, this entire psychic, spiritual experience, this change, this personality change within me, and to give me, you know, to keep me safe and protected from this elbow that, again, wants to bend each and every day back to the food. This disease is cunning, baffling, powerful, and silent. And I just heard of a friend, a very dear friend that I adore on these lines, and my other good friend tells me, Ginger, you watch. You're going to hear someone, and you're going to hear someone that shares really well, and they're going to be eating, and it's happened, and I'm blown away. So if you are recovered, I hope you work it harder today than you did yesterday because that's what my friend tells me every day. I can't afford to go back because you know what? If I relapse, I don't think I'll get back, and I don't want this disease to take another second of my life. It has ruined so many days because it's painful, it's dark, and it's lonely. And for those that don't see hope, there is hope. This line is real. This message is real. But you have to follow it precisely. You have to put down the food completely, 100% entire abstinence, liquid and solid. And I hope you do that today because this is a new beginning. 
and your life will take on a meaning that you never thought possible because you finally will stop thinking so much about you and you will think about other people. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Anita J., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy K. This is Anita J. out in cold, frigid Massachusetts. Um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I like to keep reading all these things because I have my own version of what happened and I keep understanding it better. And that is that when I came in, um, I had been in an automobile accident right before I entered, way back in 1978, where I was blindsided by a truck right in the passenger door and nothing happened to me. One year later, after a year of program, I see on the same road somebody being taken by a uh, stretcher into an ambulance, and it was a tiny little horse trailer, and it hit him. And that's when it hit me. That was my first spiritual awakening, which was God had always been there. I unfortunately thought God was like Santa Claus. Nothing bad would ever happen with a God. Hey, we heard in the earlier hours, free will, buddy. They gave us free will. That's how loving he was. He let us go. But he had always been there. And that started me on my path. Five years later, my son was, I don't know what about the cars. He's in an automobile accident where he's the driver and somebody died. That one did me in. I lowered the blinds and ate until finally I realized, you know, what kind of a God would do this because five seconds either way they would have missed each other. Where was God? Where was God? And the answer when I became silent finally instead of railing against this God was he was in the road with them. He was crying too. It just, in 1983, I finally grew up. But it took until 2014, February 13th, my last binge, because I finally Open the God even bigger than that. He can handle anything, but I didn't trust them, see, because bad things happen. Hey, life on life's terms. I finally, in the last four years, figured it out. Things happen, kids. Husbands die. Uh, automobile things happen. And I've been able to walk it with dignity and grace an abstinence, of course, and um, I am just so grateful. I'm so grateful I kept listening because it's taken all this time and all these course corrections to finally get me to see it, and um, and I know there'll even be more. So with that, with great gratitude to you all, folks, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Kathleen O., please go ahead. Thank you so much, Kathy. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. 
and Happy New Year, everyone. It's good to be on the line this morning. I actually thought as a child it was possible there was a superhuman God who offered love, strength, and direction, like Bill states in this, um, you know, when they talked of the God personal to me who is love, superhuman, strength, and direction. And, and I thought as a child that that was possible, but I never experienced anything beyond that thought. So like Bill, when I reached adulthood, I would become really irritated when people would speak of God. And the, the sentence for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. Clearly, Bill has a spiritual malady and he needs a spiritual solution. And he's looking at life as a half-empty glass. So, you know, we may have to let go of our religious beliefs if they're not working. I know I had to do that. And this was about admitting complete defeat so the God of my understanding could do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And that started with putting the food down. And for me, admitting defeat was letting go of my ego because my ego was truly my biggest problem. I needed to go from being self-centered to being God-centered or other-centered. And, you know, my ego really had to be smashed to allow this power bigger than me to come in because I had to get out of my own way. So true humility and an open mind was, was crucial for me. And when I realized I couldn't control what I ate and I was powerless, I was able to connect with a power greater than me of my understanding and let that power come in and direct me. And, you know, there's always a lot going on around us and the world can be a crazy place sometimes. But, you know, how do I go from intensity to just being still? I do it through connecting with my higher power through meditation. I do it through yoga. And, you know, I really believe if you walk in the direction of faith, you're eventually going to find it. Um, recovery, it's not only working the tools. If I wanted the experience of being rocked into the fourth dimension, I had to do, I had to, you know, do everything, um, you know, to get those promises that, are, that were given throughout this book. And there's many of them. They're numerous. I had to continue working these steps. I need to do it daily. I can't just do today what I did, you know, do tomorrow. Wait, do today what I did tomorrow. Anyway, I've got to do it every day. Um, so, you know, connect, connecting with my, with my higher power and working these steps. And, and, and when I work the steps, my connection really does get, does get stronger. So they kind of go hand in hand. And, again, Happy New Year, everyone, and I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Ross G, please go ahead. Good morning, Overeaters Anonymous. This is Ross G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from uh, Los Angeles County. Happy New Year. In my experience throughout my life, especially in my adulthood, the name Christ bristles people with antagonism. People don't like to hear the name Jesus Christ. And to me... Uh, throughout my Catholicism, I was I was raised in the Catholic Church, and then I became a born again Christian and uh, toured various churches. But Christ always was taught wherever I went that He was the Son of God. And I hear, and I also see the word concede here. And Bill conceded; he turned it over. He said, "Okay, I give up. Christ's teachings are excellent." And he was a great man. Uh, and, I, and I love that. 
I don't think he was a great man. I think I do think he was a son of God, but throughout all the religious teachings, throughout all of my actions in religious circles and church, I could never lick compulsive overeating. In fact, most of my compulsive overeating took place in religious circles and church because everything was surrounded, well, most everything was surrounded with food, especially desserts, flowers, anything comfortable to eat. And I have to admit, and I have to concede, that my actions toward my religious activities did not yield a recovered body state and mind for me. So I am very grateful for this big book. I'm very grateful for the teachings in it. I'm very grateful for the precise directions, and I take action on them. And when I sponsor people, we go through the steps. It's up to the sponsee whether or not who they choose to be their higher power. And I've sponsored lots of different peoples from lots of different religions over the years, and I've never none of, none of them have I ever tried to uh, impose my religious beliefs upon. And I'll end with this. I had one sponsee years ago, regular OA, who was so angry at God, didn't even want to hear the word God, the name God, anything. And so we went with it. And after she had gotten through the steps and had, uh, especially through her step nine experience, she she began to talk about prayer, meditation, and yes, God. And I think that's what the steps do for us. It connects us with a power greater than ourselves to give us a, a state of a recovered body and state of mind. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Raj G. Sherry KB, please go ahead. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your service, Kathy, and everybody on the line, and, and welcome all of us. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, I'm just going to jump right in here. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to everybody, and I listened to the other meeting this morning, and there's been comparisons about this this uh, first paragraph on page 11 about comparing it about really about program, um, not only about a higher power, but about program. And... Um, I do I do recall being take what you like and leave the rest. That's what I heard, you know, coming in the rooms uh, many years ago. And what I think about is then I got to a place where it was take what you like and think about the rest. And since doing this work uh, this way, I've learned to take what I like and give my higher power the rest. Um, I had to develop that higher power um, relationship with a, a power greater than myself. And, you know, it, it it's... It, we have this thing called a set-aside prayer. It's not exactly said set-aside prayer in the book. It's a combination of of uh, many lines in our book, uh, mostly in we agnostics. And what I think of, it says, God, please set aside everything I think I know about myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path, and you, for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path, and especially you. Um, because I know that for me, I have tried and exhausted every avenue I have, I can ever think of. And I always thought, you know, asking my higher power for help, and that's what it is, it's asking my higher power for help. 
And when I think of that, I think of how no human aid can relieve me from this disease. You can't do it. A sponsor can't do it. This meeting can't do it. The tools can't do it. But only a power greater than myself that can keep me abstinent, happily, and contently. And um, on page 60, we have the ABCs, and it says that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism and see God could and would as he ever thought. And so I know that I have to quit fighting my higher power and cultivate that relationship to keep me abstinent, to keep me recovered. And that's just the bottom line for me is that I have to believe in something greater than, than me and um, and to believe in a power that is stronger than I am that can help me with this disease that I have because I've never found anyone or anybody that could help me with it. And the only place that's helped me is in this book and working the steps. And that's the bottom line for me is I need to take what I like and give God the rest. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Reggie O, please go ahead. Thank you so much, Kathy, and thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody. It's so great to be here today, and Happy New Year. <clears throat> I'm grateful to recovered in the Los Angeles area. And, well, I mean, first of all, I can just totally relate to these three paragraphs. And, um, and then I was, you know, looking at the paragraph before these three, <clears throat> and the two lines that stood out for me leading into this are, I had always believed in a power greater than myself, Bill said. And then he said, I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitation, but that was as far as I had gone. And then he says, but when they talked of a God personal to me, who was love, superhuman strength and direction, I became irritated. And listening today and reading this today, what I thought, what came to me was that that, that speaks of a person, you know, and Bill represents me in non-recovery it speaks of a person um who places himself outside of the rest of the universe you know it's like he believes in a greater power he believes in the spirit of the universe but not in a god that's personal to him that, that he can have a relationship with that will you know underlie not only the totality of all things as it's stated in this book but of bill's life and um that so i i guess you could say I guess I could say that, you know, that is me outside of recovery. Um, and that is, I can always, I've always believed in God and put that in quotation marks. It's, I grew up with a Christian God and uh, always this God was powerful. But when I am in my dis-ease and the, you know, addiction of compulsive eating, uh, it's only intellectual, and, and and I had all the other things. I mean, I grew up with a punishing God, but you know, but it was more like once I once I came into program uh, for the first time and grew over time. Uh, when I put down the food and when I'm when I'm uh, abstinent and when I'm working the steps the way they're laid out, that God that's out there somewhere taking care of the universe and the stars and all of those things. Becomes very personal to me. I become a part of that universe, 
and but I'm but I'm never I'm never a part of the universe, nor do I have that personal relationship with a higher power when I'm in the food. It, there's it, and then you know so that's first step powerless over compulsive eating. My life had become unmanageable, and that's also my relationship with God. There just wasn't one that worked. Intellect does not work here, you know. I mean, for me, I really have to the work about the twelve steps and developing a power greater than myself is a is a personal relationship which means that sure i go through these things in my mind but it's not a mind thing it's not an intellectual thing it drops down into my heart where i can feel it where i can experience where i can come to trust it and that's what the work of the rest of the 12 steps would the the 12 steps is so um it's just really good to be reading this and to you know that to to remind me too that it is daily first thing i you know first thing i can't be in the food you know i really have to be abstinent no question about it which lays the foundation for the rest of this step work to do it to do its work on me and to clear out all of the things that kept me in my head and out of my heart you know and out of my personal relationship with this god or higher power which is the only power that can actually relieve the compulsion and give me the life i was born to live so it's really beautiful to be reading this um on well any day and it's new year's and it's a beautiful way to be starting the new year i wouldn't want to start it any other way so thank you and i'll pass thank you reggie oh uh martha s please go ahead yes good morning this is martha s recovered compulsive eater in upstate new york thank you for your service kathy i'm glad to be here i've been sick for a couple weeks and i'm glad to be able to join a meeting um, so I was one of the people who came into the program um, as an agnostic. So I really relate to that first paragraph where I felt irritated in my mind, snapshot against the idea of a personal God. I don't know that I felt that strongly about it when I was first in OA. It would be four years ago this month um, in a, in big book meetings in my city. Uh, but I did. I do, do remember feeling having my mind snapped shut for for the rest of my life, and I, it was just beginning to crack open a little bit when I came into OA. Um, my experience is that when I got to step two and step three, I realized I needed a power greater than myself, and I was willing to keep an open mind. And I saw what worked for my sponsor and other people with big book recovery in my meetings, and then later on in A Vision for You, and I was willing to do uh, what my sponsor asked me to do to follow the instructions in the big book so I could also be recovered from compulsive eating. So I did not need to uh, fully believe in and feel connected to my higher power in steps two and three. I needed, uh, as the big book says, I needed a willingness to keep an open mind and a willingness to continue forward with the steps. And that was my experience. Um, and uh, I, and by the time I got through about halfway through step nine, I did start to feel a, a connection with my higher power. And it's only strengthened and deepened in steps 10, 11, and 12 every day, uh, working with others and steps 10 and 11. And I, I love the part on top of page 11. Um, you know, I know that Bill's talking about religion here, that some parts seem convenient and not too difficult, and the rest I disregarded. But that, that makes me think of, of the step work. Um, 
Often the step work is not convenient. I need to do a 10th step this morning, and it's not convenient to sit down and do that. A lot of 10 steps can be done for me in the moment, and I don't need to write all of them out anymore. I can go right to my higher power and follow the directions on page 86. But this one I need to write out, and it's not going to be convenient to sit out and do, to do that and share it with someone. But I'm trudging the road of happy, of happy uh, destiny, and I feel very grateful for my recovery. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <coughs> and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Martha S. And who would like to share? We have time for probably three or four more shares. Wendy M. Ter- Carolyn Sorry, H. Eileen M. Okay, one second. I have Wendy M. Carolyn S. H. Polly B. Eileen M. And Polly B. We'll stop there. Okay, Wendy M. Please go ahead. Uh, yes, good morning, Wendy M. Recovered in Boulder, Colorado. Grateful to be on the line. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. And Kathy, thank you so much for your service. So what what pops out at me is my mind snapped against such a theory. Yeah, absolutely. So I spent my life snapping my mind shut. That is the story of my life. If anything makes me irritable, discontent, my mind snapped shut. Anything, any worldview that didn't fit my worldview. Um, you know, I was addicted to feeling good. And if this, if whatever it is doesn't make me feel good, my mind snapped shut. I build a case. I have evidence, I even have photographs to show I've been harmed and this does not feel good and therefore it's wrong. And I, you know, when I first read this, um, I'm like, go, Bill, go, you know, good, yeah, build some evidence, yeah, show how we've been harmed. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I have been living my life with I'm right and you're wrong and blame. I had no idea the degree to which I blame everybody when I'm irritable and discontent. Everyone's wrong, I'm right. That had to be the way it went. And this left my life very, very, very small. I even in, um, it's a true story, in um, college I had a jean jacket and I had buttons on one side that said, I'm right, and buttons on the other side that said, you're wrong. And I was the bumper sticker lady. Um, I had to be right because I could not manage something that was irritable, something that was different something that made me feel like I had to snap shut. Um, and so I'm just very, very grateful for that. And, and, um, and the other thing I want to say is I do have freedom from the debating society, society today, and I can be uh, full of, I don't know, what do you think? And that's a revolutionary sentence right there for me. Um, and and my, my, you know, I want to say, too, that I don't know if there's a God, and I actually grew up um, in a very liberal Jewish experience where the rabbi said, maybe, maybe not, we don't know. So I had no prejudice going in. There wasn't any snapshot there. Um, but what I say today is, I don't know if there's a God. I'm not going to be in the debating society about it, but I experience God constantly. And that's what I know as a recovered compulsive overeater. And I want to tell anyone on the line who's suffering, who had a really rough night last night or got into the, 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 you know, the booze, the drinking, whatever, you can recover from this disease. You can. If I can, you can. You can get recovered. You just can't sponsor yourself. You've got to pick up the phone today and call somebody and say, I need help. You know, and that's, that's what solved it. And you know what? 
I always say, I'll believe anything. If it solves a food problem, I'm not going to worry about the debating society if there's a God or not. I'm just going to do the deal and get what you have. So please do not stay alone today. Please connect with one of us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Um, Carolyn S.H., please go ahead. Carolyn, I don't hear you. Can you hear me now? Now I can, yes, thank you. Hello, good morning. I was talking away. Good morning. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. This is Carolyn S.H., gratefully recovered in Massachusetts. Let me set my timer. Um, and Happy New Year to all. Um, uh, to Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. Um, it, what I read in in uh, in Bill's um, take here, and I I just love his honesty and his clarity and his, um, how articulate he is. And what I'm hearing him say is, you know, he conceded like his opinion of of a great man and um, that his judgment that he kind of threw it away because of the way he saw people following or not following um, what he thought were the, the teachings of Christ and such. And I had um, a different path. I, um, in my youth, I clung to um, uh, Christianity and um, I, I felt like, and I feel like it's it still, it was definitely true. I, I feel like I had a relationship with, at the time, what I called um, Christ and Jesus. And, um, and I believe it, it, and I still believe in that. Um, however, it's just, it's different for me now. I, my higher power is different and, and yet encompasses um, the what I did believe back then. Um, but what happened in the interim was I threw it all away. Um, not because of the way, um, well, not because of the way that other people followed, but it was more like I, I felt like I was um, being taught something. I attributed what people were telling me um, that didn't seem right at all to me. Um, I thought those were the teachings of Christ, and so I threw it all away. Um, and I was like, this can't be right. Um, and uh, and then subsequently I got very, very sick because I didn't have a higher power. Um, and it was only coming back to a higher power and noticing, like being able to, um, as we learn in this chapter, um, to choose the conception of God um, as we understand God, our own conception of God, that it's the attributes that that rang for me that I that were that were powerful and real um, that still are, and I don't have to accept anyone else's addition to those. Um, I hope I'm making sense, but um, uh, and I hope I haven't offended anyone. Um, and I just I. I really feel like, and I have like nine seconds left. I feel like um, my higher power is so real that it just keeps revealing itself to me. And my concept keeps changing, but my higher power is constant. Um, Yeah. And with that, I'll, I'll pass. Thank you. 
Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Um, we only have uh, like three and a half minutes, so I'm going to ask Eileen if you could take two minutes only and then Polly B. Go ahead, Eileen. Okay, certainly. Okay, sure. Um, this is Eileen M., Grateful Recovered uh, Compulsive Overeater in New Hampshire. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, great. Um, so I was just reflecting on how uh, Bill talks about he always believed in a power greater than himself, but he, had, he didn't really have a conception of a God personal to him. And I can relate so well to that because when I first started OA um, many years ago, I, I believed that you know, God was kind of this remote entity that I could not reach. And um, I didn't know how to reach a higher power. I also felt like you know, I was so demoralized from the disease I felt not good enough for a higher power and um, which you know step four really helped me a lot with that was feeling good enough um, and you know I remember going on a lot of 12-step retreats that were weekend retreats and um, you know we would do this intense 12 steps and then but when I came home from them you know after um, you know there was no follow-up. There was no continuation of the steps. And that's where I got into trouble and, and would end up picking up again. And, you know, what's made the difference is this daily living in 10, 11, and 12 and practicing those steps daily. And that's what keeps my connection alive. And I'm very grateful. So thank you. Thank you, Eileen M. And Polly B., please take us out. Thank you. Polly? Press star one to unmute. Is anyone named Polly there? Okay. Um, we have time for a one-minute share. Would anyone like to take it? Okay, I'll take it. This is um, Kat. This is Pamela Rose. Okay, Pamela, go ahead. One minute, please. Right. That's all that I, all I have. <laughs> um, this is my first time on this meeting. It's a wonderful meeting. I plan on uh, doing it more. Um, I'm uh, on step one, and uh, I'll be talking you to you guys later. Please go ahead. Are you done, Pamela? Yeah. Okay, thank you for sharing, and, and welcome, and keep coming back. Okay, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, would Leah S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Leah. Thank you so much, Kathy. Um, uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.